Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Glory to God. Here we go. Lift your hands toward heaven. Father, we know that there is no one like you the author, the finisher of our faith. And Father, we thank you that everything that we've been able to accomplish from the beginning of the year until this present point in time, it's all because of your glory, it's all because of your grace, all because of your mercy. And we are truly thankful. And Father, we are a people who are not waiting just for a day or, or a celebration of one day, but we want to celebrate your goodness every day. But we are grateful, Father God, that perhaps our nation turns aside, and that people will turn to one another, and that they'll take time to uh, rest from their labor and give thanks. And for that, we are grateful. But Father, thank you for helping the body of Christ to help articulate the message that every day is a day that the Lord has made. And that we should rejoice and be glad and be grateful. Amen. God, thank you. And it is with a grateful heart that we come this morning and we're asking you, Lord God, to place in our hearts the words that we need to hear today. Yeah. Speak from my mouth the things that need to be said today in just the way they need to be said and just the timing that it should be said in so that your kingdom comes and only your will is being done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen? Amen, amen and amen. amen. Praise God. Go ahead and uh, take your seats. And um, it, uh, We are grateful. We are thankful. Pat echoed a lot from the perspective of the CDC and yesterday and the support that we got from uh, Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity and made me kind of have to go back in history. I pledged in that fraternity over 45 years ago, <laughs> long time. But I was glad, and at that point in time in my life as a young man, I don't think I really understood the impact that organizations could make. Uh, some of you may have joined an organization and it was all about fun and play at the time. But I believe that God is trying to help us to help people, and this is one of the things that I want you to do. Many of these young men who came yesterday are not yet saved. And so that's the key for me is that when members are here among men who come and look at it from a service standpoint, which is good, but how many of you know you can do works yeah. and still not yet be in the kingdom of God? It's important to be in the kingdom of God. And for Pat and I, it's important for you to be expressions of love, just loving on people starting conversation with people. This is why I always say to you, I am not necessarily looking for you to lift and do the labor, but you must help us lift up Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus fills the house, like he filled the house yesterday, and you saw the picture being taken right here in the sanctuary, I need people that are, here's how the Bible would put it. Say, I am, I am. a living testament, a living being read, Daily. So the people that come here and volunteer, they're reading you. 
And what we want you to be is that tremendous book of love. Even if you can't be but a sentence, a paragraph, a page. But I pray that you will be a book. And every page that they turn during the course of the time that they're here, they just see love. They walk past this person, love. They come past in contact with this person, love. And then it translates out there to the clients that are coming. You know, yesterday all I could do is cry with a person who started to cry. I didn't need to say anything. When she saw her basket coming out with so much food in it, she just began to cry. And I just cried too. Sometimes you don't need to say a word. Sometimes you just cry with people. And when her tears flowed, my tears began to flow. And sometimes that's all that's needed. And what I did from that point, it was just, we just did a bump, you know, fist bump. And she pulled up and she received and she looked back and still so full, couldn't say a word. But her, how many of you know your eyes speak? Your eyes are speaking to me now. Yeah. Even in the midst of a world where we wear a mask and the only thing that we can see is the eye, but your eyes speak. And the eyes spoke, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I don't know everybody's story. You don't know everybody's story. And some can look well-dressed and be uh, driving fine vehicles, but uh, sometimes they are going through the toughest point in their lives. Some people's bodies are filled with all kinds of sickness and disease, and they may be standing upright and walking tall, but at the same time, something is challenging them. And God, I believe, wants a people that are so in tune. Everybody say focused. Focus. So focused that you can discern it. You can discern it. But you can't do it when you don't take a step. Everybody say, take a step. And today I want you to start to take a step. Take a step into that focus that God is trying to bring the body of Christ. Take a step into that arena that God is saying, do you really understand what it means from heaven's perspective to give thanks? To give thanks. To truly give thanks. See, a lot of times when you realize that God has blessed you, it I mean, it serves as, as a catalyst for you to go out and bless somebody else. I mean, remember when we read about uh, uh, Abram, uh, before his name was changed to Abraham, he was Abram, and God says, I'm going to bless you, Abram. I am going to bless you. But you know, in turn, he says, now, Abram, as I bless you, what do I want you to do? Be a blessing. I believe that when you have a true encounter with God, that's what you want to do. You know that God has touched you. You are thankful, and you want to be a blessing in someone else's life. And I'm telling you, it causes you to get up. And it causes you to get involved. Because in him, you're living. In him, you're moving. In him, you're having your being. I'm thankful also for the fact that even in the midst of these perilous times that we've been living in, COVID for literally now almost two years, but God has 
had us to the point where we've never had to close our doors during this entire time. We've been able to preach the gospel. We've been able to uh, expand into virtual environments as well and still communicate the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of that time, though, we've not made it a public thing, but people have been getting baptized. People have been joining the church. And God is adding to the church just like he said he would. He says, I'll add to the church daily as I see fit. And I like the way that God sees it. And this brings me to a transition point. There was um, a young lady who said, uh, I, I want to get rooted and grounded. And um, says, uh, Minister Terry Bell, she's always uh, focusing on helping us with the new members orientation. And, and there was a young lady who um, took time out. And I'm pretty sure probably had to take some time away from work so that she could come here go through that orientation, go through that uh, information that we want every member to know. You know, I'm just not big on just adding membership and having numbers on a book. I, I, I want people that are going to be rooted, rooted and grounded, that are going to become family, that are going to take hold of what God calls us the gospel plow. Yes. Amen? Yes. You know, when I went out into the, the work fields with my dad, it wasn't just to go look. You understand what I'm talking about, church? It wasn't just to go out to the field and look. My dad says, it's time to put your hands to the plow. In other words, put your hands to the work at hand. And uh, yesterday was um, typical of this individual because yesterday I stepped outside and there she was, already putting her hands to the plow. And we had a lot to do and she was doing a lot. And I want to acknowledge her, Ms. Pat, if you'll come and join me. Um, she hails from just outside of the suburbs of Detroit. And her name is Whitney, Whitney Harrington. Would you come forth, Whitney, and be introduced to the rest of your brothers and sisters? Amen. I see her. Amen. Give her a standing ovation. Welcome her into the family. I don't know about you, when I have nieces and nephews that are born into the family, man, we celebrate. Man, we have balloons, we have things. That's why I said I got to buy every one of you all a whistle so that you, when we were uh, giving uh, the praise unto God and thanking God for adding to the church, it's with a loud voice. It's with a loud. I know you got a mask on and say, Pastor, I'm kind of muffled a little bit today, but that's all right. And so to you, Whitney, welcome to the family. And on behalf of all of the members of Rainbow Family Christian Center, uh, Rainbow Family Christian Center, I extend to you the right hand of fellowship. God bless you. Amen. Take time to greet Whitney today. Uh, don't let her scoot out of the door and don't you scoot out of the door until you see her and introduce that. She needs to know who her other brothers and sisters are in the Lord. So take some time to do that if you can. And if you aren't able to get to her this week, then make sure in the coming days that you do so. Amen? Amen. Well, are you ready for the word? Praise God. Two of you are. <laughs> Let me ask that question again. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Hallelujah. Take your Bibles out. If you have a Bible, electronic uh, device that you 
access your Bible in, and I want you to just hold it up this morning. And I want you to offer it to the Lord as um, just simply a wave offering to the Lord and let him know you embrace what's in this word today. You love this word. This word is a lamp unto your feet. This word is a light unto your path. This word is a medicine to all of your flesh. This word has precious promises, and you are going to receive the precious promises that God. This word will translate you out of darkness over into marvelous light. This word will help you to do, be able to discern the good and the evil. And this word, it's the only thing in our lives that is not going to be destroyed. Everything else is going to fall away. Perhaps the, the very mechanism that you have might fade away. But the word that you receive from it, if you will hide it in your heart, it'll be there. And the Bible says, Having done all to stand, you're going to find yourself standing because this will help you to put on what the Bible describes as the whole armor. It starts with your head. It says you have to put on a helmet of salvation. The devil is going to tell some of you you're not saved. <laughs> He's going to try to take you back to where you came out of, but you're going to have to help tell the devil you're a liar. You're, you're a liar. God has brought me out, and my feet are on the solid rock. I am never going to step back into the sinking sand. The Bible says, you will learn from this word that God is going to give you a breastplate. It's going to help you to realize you're the righteousness of God through Christ. Not by works, not by deeds that you're done, but you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Your loins are girt about with truth because you know truth and you're going to speak truth and live truth and the truth sets you free. Your feet, you got on your gospel shoes. And you are determined like every born-again believer, you want to take the gospel of Jesus Christ as far and as fast as possible into the uttermost part of the earth. Somebody shout, Jesus is coming. Jesus. He is coming, and he is going to meet people who are about his father's business. You're, you're going to find yourself witnessing, and Jesus is going to say, oh, okay, it's time to go now. And you, are, you, you need to be one of those people that says, I was so focused, and I am ready. But you're about your father's business. And he says he's going to give you what? This word is going to remind you that you have a shield. Everybody say, I got a shield. You have a shield, and the Bible calls it the shield of what? Faith. And that's how you walk. You walk by faith. You know that weapons are being fired against you. You know that weapons are coming against you. But the Bible says you will quench all of those fiery darts. And then God says, I give you a sword. Come on, wave that thing again. Say, I got a sword. Amen. We ain't doing no Star Wars up in here. But you have a sword. And the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. And you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. 
You realize that you are more spirit than it is where most people are focused being human beings. You are spirit being. You are spirit being and you walk in the spirit. And the Bible says you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I was reading an article the other day and it concerned an individual who was telling a story about an encounter that happened some years ago. It's a cold, rainy day. It's in the month of November and takes place in the year of 1935. This is a time when there were a group of people who would just jump on a train, uh, uh, freight trains generally, cargo trains, and, uh, and, and they started uh, categorizing these people as sometimes the name would be a tramp or sometimes the name would be a hobo. And these were people generally jumping on these, on these trains trying to get from one destination to the other destination just for the sake of work. They had no money for transportation. You know, how many of you realize that the cost of fuel right now is pretty high, isn't it? Much higher than it was last year this time. And so at that time, people didn't have what you and I are so blessed with, vehicles so often. And sometimes they would, without having the money to buy fare, they would just perhaps jump onto a train. And so there's a city in uh, Louisiana called Bossier City. Just outside of Shreveport, I, I see his laughing because that's her hometown. <laughs> Just outside of Shreveport, she knows that, that city quite well. And it was about a block from what they call the Illinois Central Railroad. And so on that particular day in November of 1935, that's, that train would stop in Bolger City and perhaps it would linger for about an hour. And many of the people who had jumped onto these particular boxcars would sometimes get off and they would run through what was then unpaved and, and you know, dirty, dusty streets of Bulger City, and they'd go knock on doors asking for food. And so this particular man jumps off the train and he does just that. He goes and he knocks on the door and there is a lady who's in her home, she and her daughter, her older children are out uh, um, working. Her husband, who happens to be the sheriff, is also out. And so she's very concerned, because this is a common occurrence at that point in time. And she's very concerned. She, she's very acutely aware that she shouldn't open her door for every knock on the door. But on this occasion, that knock came, and, and she looked out. She pushed the curtain back to her window and she saw this man wasn't a tall individual probably about five six five seven at best weighing what she estimated was only about 130 pounds very frail and remember it's wet it's raining and he's knocking on her door She thinks for a moment, I will just stand here and perhaps the knocking will stop. 
but he's persistent. When she peers out of her window, the thing that she's looking at the most is whether her screen door is locked or latched on her back porch. And it is. Somebody say, but God. But God. And so the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to her and said, answer the door. And she goes out and she says to him, Sir, how can I help you? Screen door still latched. But at least she's opened the kitchen door now. And he says, ma'am, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten for three days. Do you have anything that I can eat? Now, this city, Bossier City, it's not affluent at this point in time, 1935. Most people are barely making it. You understand what I'm saying? But it's the day after Thanksgiving. And she does have food. How many of you have stuff after Thanksgiving? We call it leftover. And she did have. And so she did. She went into her kitchen and she decided that she would get some various things together and put it on a plate. And slowly, yet very nervously, she took the plate, she unlatched the screen door, and she handed this plate of cold food to this individual. And she latched the screen door right back. But what happened next began to change her heart. Because the man, as soon as he took the plate of food. He said to her, thank you. And he stepped back off of her steps, of her back porch, took off the hat. It's raining. He's cold. He's wet. He's damp. Anybody, you, you, you know what I mean? One of those cold days? Rainy, too. But he takes off of his hat. He takes off his hat. He kneels down at the bottom step. And he out loud gives thanks to God. Amen. God, thank you. Thank you for this woman who has shown mercy. Thank you for this food that she's provided me. Thank you, Lord, for caring for me. And the woman's heart was so touched that she said to him, Sir, come in. And he sat, she, she brought him in to her warm kitchen, let him sit at the table, finish his meal, and he went on. And that changed this woman's life forever because of someone being thankful. Yeah. Many of us know most people for not being thankful. Yeah. Ungrateful. And this is why we're going to look at a passage of scripture this morning that I'd like you to turn to in the book of Luke chapter 17. And I want us to look at verses 11 through 19. And you know this passage of scripture. You probably heard me or others preach it from a different perspective. But I think it's one of the most profound Thanksgiving messages though. Said. In this passage of scripture from Luke chapter 17 starting at verse 11 it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled 
along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Next verse, if you would. And it says, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And the Bible says when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And they went. And as they went, the, the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and did what? Thanked him. And it's interesting that they would say, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, or Jesus asked this question, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? He's distinguishing this man. He's a Samaritan. He's a foreigner. Then he said to him, this is Jesus giving praise. He said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Father, help us to see what I believe that you want us to need us to see this morning concerning understanding what it means to give thanks. Help us to see it, God. So when you look at this passage of scripture that we read a moment ago, it comes to mind for me, and you know, uh, for some of you didn't know, when I was in college, I majored in accounting, and I like numbers. I like stats. I like pie charts. I like graphs. I like looking at things and uh, a perspective and so when I look at this the perspective that I get is that 10% of the people are generally grateful and 90% they get the same blessing but they're not great, grateful they're not thankful I begin to ask God is that the way the church is and I got this nod, yes. Most people aren't thankful. So, folks, think about Thanksgiving. What do you think most people are thinking or thinking right now concerning Thanksgiving? How big is the turkey that I need to get? What kind of other trimmings do I need to get? Lord have mercy, all these people coming to my house. Or this or that. And so Thanksgiving 
Matthew 6.33, you know what? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye what? What? The kingdom of God. People who are thankful. That's the first thing that they think of. God. God, I want to thank you. This man knew that he had leprosy. And for those of you who don't understand what leprosy is, it's a disease that begins to affect your skin and, and all your coloration. I mean, people were just pale white. And, and people were afraid of people who had leprosy in that day and perhaps even still to some extent this day. And, and they created things called colonies, lepers' colonies. And, and these people had to segregate themselves from the rest of the society. And whenever a person who did not have leprosy was coming into their contact, they had to start screaming, unclean, unclean, unclean. But uh, put those scriptures back up. Go back up to verse 11 for me, please, in, in, in the this, in this scripture. It says, now, when he, Jesus was on his way, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Next verse, if you could get me there. And as he was going into the village, the ten men who had leprosy met him. And you notice what they said about them? They stood a distance. Folks, do you realize that anybody who's standing a distance, Jesus is trying to get you to come? Jesus is really trying to get you to come. Some of you right now, you may be a distance from God. Some of you watching right now, hearing my voice right now, you may be a distance from where God really wants you. You see God. You believe in God. You, you know that God has power, but you're still a distance from him. And look at what they did. And I love this portion, though. They're still a distance. And, uh, come on, next verse, please. They call out. And the Bible says they call out in a loud voice. They acknowledge who he was, Jesus. They acknowledge that he's the master. And they begin to say, have pity on us, have mercy on us. It's a, it's a plea for help. How many of you know that Jesus is a very present help? Yes. This year, I am probably trying to challenge you, call Jesus Make sure Jesus is a part of your, 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 your celebration of thanksgiving. Whatever you may be going through, whatever you may be experiencing, Jesus will have mercy on you in that situation. Whatever you think that you are stuck at or your family may be stuck at, Jesus is a deliverer. Folks, I don't know how many years they've been in this situation, but I know this. They have been categorized as the untouchable people. And Jesus is in the business of touching people who others are saying are untouchable or not necessarily my folks. Jesus reaches out and touches people that have generally been rejected to remind them you are accepted. You are loved. I care about you. I'm focused on you. And I need you to get focused on me. Jesus is focused on you. Somebody said, Jesus is watching me. And he is. He knows all about your trouble. He knows all about what you and I might call a struggle. He knows all about it. Look at your neighbor says, call him. 
Come on, find another neighbor and say, call him. They called out. They called out. Some of us want to sit silent in church. Some of us like silence in church. I'm telling you, you may not be comfortable in heaven because they tell me that the angels call out, holy, holy, holy. They tell me that the saints of God are glorifying God and magnifying God. And God says to us, make a joyful noise. Make a loud noise. Make a thankful noise unto heaven. You may not like me because I've got a loud mouth sometimes. But I'm telling you, just like that man, blind Bartimaeus. You remember that one? Bartimaeus said, just do what? Shut up. But he kept crying out, calling on Jesus. Son of David, have mercy. Folks, I'm telling you, you've got to get past what people may think about you when you call on Jesus. This man that we talked about in Bolger City, the woman was moved because he prayed out loud. How many times have people asked you to pray for them? And you just say, okay. And you don't. You go. And I don't think it's your intention. Is your intention to forget? How many of you forgot sometimes? Folks, I'm telling you, sometimes I forgot where I just laid my key down. Where's my hat? Pat, you see my phone. Where, where, are them, where are them sh Ron, where's my shoes? <laughs> Let alone praying. Some of us, we don't write down a thing. We have said with our mouth or with our bodily expression, I'm going to pray for you. And you don't think about that prayer until you see that person again. Go, oh, this is why and what is my point here? If anybody asks you to pray, pray right then, right there, and out loud. But pastor, what if I'm in the store? I guarantee you, if you start praying in the store, there's somebody else going to walk up to you and say, would you pray for me? I pray right then, out loud, many times when these clients drive up. And the person in the car behind me says, can I get some of that too? Right See, everybody say, be bold. Be bold. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, be bold. Be bold. You got to learn how to be bold. You got to learn how to be courageous. You remember that in the Bible. Joshua was being told that by God. You've got to learn how to be bold and be courageous. If you're going to be a Christian and you still want this little quiet, timid, kind of I'm just going to tell you, that don't really line up with the Bible. God's looking for people who will be bold. God says, I'm looking for people who will be bold enough to get up on the house, on the rooftop if necessary, and shout out the praise. How many of you remember, I, I preach it like this, everybody ought to have four crazy friends. Because you remember that young man who was being carried there and they went to Jesus' house and couldn't get in? And what did they do? They went up on the roof. 
Folks, I'm telling you. Now, how many of you came to church with a ladder this morning? <laughs> Just in case, I, if I can't get in, I'm going up on the roof and I'm coming down. You all would have a fit if somebody started coming through the roof. What's wrong with them? But see, they weren't concerned about what you would think, what you would say. They needed to get into the presence. Somebody shout, I need to get into the presence. We need to get into the presence of God. And whatever it takes, we need to press to get into his presence. That woman with the issue of blood, Whatever it took that morning or that day, whatever time that was, there's a man called Jairus that's with Jesus at the time going to minister concerning his daughter. But that woman cuts in line because she was going to get her blessing. Say, I'm going to get my blessing. Somebody needs to get a blessing this morning and God's got a blessing for you. But you need to call him and you need to press in and God's got it and give him thanks immediately. Give him thanks immediately. That man, when he realized that he was clean, you know what the Bible said? He turned around. See, what Jesus is trying to get many people to do this morning in this Thanksgiving season is to turn around and realize how blessed you are. You're already blessed. You're already blessed. And God is trying to get people to turn around and come back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I just want to thank you. I've been talking about what I don't have. I've been talking about what I, I'm limited with. I've been talking about this and that. But God, I want to just talk to you now and tell you I want to thank you for what you've done for me. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, rise to your feet and give him some thanks. Give him some praise. God's done something for you this year. God's done something for you this week. God's done something for you this morning. God's done something and you're still doing something for you right now. Give him thanks. Don't let the world put you in a silence box. Don't let yourself put you into a silence box. The Bible said everything that's got breath needs to learn how to start what? Praising God. He is what they were singing this morning. A good, good father. He is a good, good father. You're blessed. You're blessed. Folks, I don't like to think about it. Go ahead and sit back down for just a second. I'm going to finish this in a short period of time. I'll give you two points and be out of here. I preach at a lot of funerals. I preach a lot of funerals in this COVID period. There are some days that I've come here and I've started and I was just working and doing things in the pantry, would run into my office, make a quick wardrobe change, go preach a funeral and come back and work some more. And I'm thankful that I could do it. Every time I go past a cemetery, there's not a cemetery that I go through in this city that I perhaps have not preached a funeral in or did an interment in. And I'm thankful that I'm still standing. 
Miss Pat was talking about a text that she's got from a gentleman that used to be a member of this church, uh, uh, Donald Roberts, massive heart attack. He's asking prayer. Somebody say, I'm thankful. I'm up. I'm upright. I'm walking. I'm talking. I'm hearing. I'm seeing. I'm touching. I'm feeling. I am alive and well. But I know it's not because of anything I've done. But for the grace of God. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. And this year, folks, it is not about thanking God for the turkey. Thank, thank him for the turkey. But that's not the priority. Thank him for the cranberry. But that's not the priority. Thank him for your honey baked ham. But that's not the priority. Thank him for whatever you call your trimmings around Thanksgiving. Whatever makes you festive. But what makes me festive, what makes me have joy and keep rejoicing is that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Redeemer. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord. This is the year of the church. This is the year of the believer standing up, standing out, standing tall and declaring, look what the Lord has done in my life. Come on, the man looked. I don't know what he looked at. I don't know if he looked at his hands, looked at his feet, looked at something, saw a reflection of himself, but he knew he was cleansed. How many of you know you're cleansed? The blood of Jesus has cleansed you. The Bible says he's washed you whiter than snow. I'm clean this morning. When I look in the mirror, I realize I'm clean. It's not because I turned on the shower. It's not because I had liquid or bar soap. It's because I've got Jesus and he washes me from the inside out. He did the same for you and we ought to be what? Thankful. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. You know, I was to think, you know, in America, sometimes we have a sense of arrogance. It's almost like we were the first people to start giving thanks, you know. Okay, it was in 1605, and, 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 and there's a woman by the name of Sarah Hale. They said, well, she was the one who started the observance of things. Folks, people were giving thanks before. Do you understand? People were giving thanks before. The trouble of the country uh, on October 11th of this year, Canadians were having what they call Thanksgiving. Is anybody in here from Liberia? They celebrate what? Thanksgiving. In Australia, they celebrate Thanksgiving. In the Netherlands, they celebrate Thanksgiving. And they didn't copy off the Americans. They got a revelation from God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. He is good. He is good. And they began to try. And there are some people that probably have not even been recognized. But they give thanks. They give thanks. And this is why I know that the Bible says everything that has breath. They ought to start praising God. Giving thanks unto God. And this year, 
you can just sit down and your whole focus is about, oh, the turkey look good. Oh, can't wait to build a mountain. You know, that's one of those big plates with everything on it. <laughs> your thanks, my thanks, our thanks should be, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endureth forever and ever and ever. Teach your children. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endureth forever and ever and ever. Here's what I wrote, put in my notes. I might as well get on past the first ten pages that I have. <laughs> Number one. We make thanksgiving meaningful, meaningful when we acknowledge our blessing. Point number one, we make thanksgiving meaningful when we acknowledge our blessings. This is why I said, uh, Jesus asked that question. He says, what is that ten? Why is only one back? Why is 90% of them acting like nothing happened? They've been cleansed. They've been helped. How many of you say, say I've been helped? Amen. Everybody that's been helped by God, raise your hand. Can you imagine everybody's being helped, but only 10% of those who raise their hand stops to say, thank you, Lord. That's what we're talking about with this particular passage of scripture, this text that we took, 10% came back. They didn't, they didn't even acknowledge the blessing. You know, when I read through the Old Testament, there's a book called Amos. In the book of Amos, I think around the third chapter, first three verses, God, Amos is kind of giving you, I mean, he's, he's telling the Ezra, he's saying, do you realize how much God has blessed you and you have not really acknowledged him? You have not thanked him? And, and, and in that passage, this is Old Testament, I know, but this Old Testament, he says, God's going to punish you. How I many of you know some people miss the opportunity that God gives for them to be thankful And the devil never wants you to give thanks. The devil never wants you to think about the goodness of the Lord. The devil doesn't want you to be at that place that God wants you to be. It says, he who keeps his mind, what? What will happen to that individual? They'll be in perfect peace. The devil doesn't want you to have perfect peace in your home, in your marriage, in your finances, in any area of life. And, and he'll constantly be throwing things at you so that your mind is in other places. Keep your mind stayed on him. Make sure your praises are going on to him. Because I know in Amos it may say that God is going to punish you, but in the New Testament we know that God loves you. But he's trying to tell you you have an enemy, and the enemy will come in like a flood. Especially if he feels like your guards are down. That your floodgates have been open and he won't try to flood you with blessings. He's going to try to flood you with cursings. 
The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what does Jesus come to do for us? So that we might have what? Life. And that we might have it what? More abundant. I've got abundant life. <laughs> I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundant. You've got a river of life flowing out of you. Did you know that Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you had just asked, if you had just called out, you are here talking about getting a bucket of water, but out of your bellies I could have filled you with rivers of living water. God has filled me with rivers of living water. Anybody in here a witness to that in your life? That God has filled you with rivers of living water and I'm thankful I'm thankful. That was a time you couldn't have got me to sing out loud anywhere. But if Jesus wants me to sing, I'm going to sing. If Jesus wants me to dance, I'm going to dance. I hope I don't step on your toe, but I'm going to dance. David was told, that's undignified. And he said, look, I'll get even more undignified than this. Because God has done too much and so much for me. How could I allow myself not to give him thanks, not to give him praise, not to truly worship him? And that's what God is saying. If you're going to give thanks, start counting your blessings. Start acknowledging how much you've been blessed. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that every day, God. You know, I was so blessed on Wednesday. We got to talking, and we were virtual, and we were live in the Bible study. And I asked a question, and people started sharing their testimony of why their focus is on Jesus now. And man, I heard testimonies that I hadn't heard before. My toes started... <laughs> Yeah, I, I was tingling all over as people begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord, Amen. the blessing of the Lord in their life, Amen. things that God had kept them from, things that God had brought them out of, things that God had revealed to them, things that God has, has, has opened their eyes to, yeah. and why they stay focused on Jesus now. And I loved it. It blessed me so. This is why oftentimes I, I feel like we miss some of the things that are the most important things because we're so focused on the lesser things. Yeah. Some people are trying to figure out what time is dinner going to be over so I can get to the mall. I got to go to bed early because I got to get up to go to Black Friday. Folks, I don't care if it's a blue, purple, or green, or yellow Friday. 
I'm looking for Jesus. Folks talking about I'm looking for a sale. Look, I, you've already been bought with a price. You don't need to find no sale. You need to find Jesus. And be thankful. Be thankful. And I guarantee you, when you truly look around, you got everything that you need. Have I got a witness? You got everything that you really need. You really have everything that you really need. It's like that woman, when she saw that man, she realized, yes, I do have something to share. It's just whether I'm going to get out of fear and over into faith and share. And I'm telling you, God wants you to get out of fear, fear of people, fear of him. You know, a lot of people only want to acknowledge God when they want to blame him. They don't want to acknowledge God. They look up and see the stars. They look up and see the moon. They look up and see the sun. They look and see day and night, seasons changing. And they don't want to acknowledge God. But why if something goes wrong? Well, why did God let this happen? Why did God? You know, the way people accuse God, in the way we see him, God would be locked up for life. The way people describe God, he would, oh, the Lord beat me so I could learn a lesson. The Lord didn't beat you. The Lord put this sickness on me. Look, if I was going around inoculating people with a sickness, what do you think would happen to me? I'd go to jail. If I got caught, I'd go to jail. The, the, the number of people that we've said that God has killed, I mean, he'd have a million life sentences. Yet they don't acknowledge he died. That millions, if not billions of lives would be saved. He died. Somebody say, I'm thankful. So I'm trying to get your, your, your Thanksgiving in perspective. Start counting your blessings. Start realizing that God has blessed you. God has truly blessed you. And you're thankful. Some people, you're, you're, you're thinking, well, if I get a million dollars, I'll be thankful. And if you get a million dollars, no, you won't. No, you won't. We've seen so many people get millions, if not multi-millions of dollars and they're still not happy. They're still not grateful. They're still not thankful. They're still not acknowledging God. All of my blessings, where do they come from? They come from the Lord. Here's the second and the final point that I'll make then. We make Thanksgiving meaningful when we thank God as the giver of our blessings. We make thanksgiving meaningful when we thank God. First one was acknowledge God. Second is pretty much thank God for your blessings. Acknowledge that the blessings come from him and thank him for the blessings. Here's what that leper did, didn't he? He acknowledged that my healing, that my breakthrough, that my freedom He's the high priest, and I'm going back and tell him thank you. Remember what Jesus said?
go show yourself to the priest. See, some of us have other things in front of God, other people in front of God. We've got other stuff on our mind, and where our minds are not stayed on him. Some of you got your business before God. Some of you got your husband before God, your wife before God, your children before God. And they cannot and were never intended to be ahead of God. You thank God for your husband. You thank God for your wife. You thank God for your children, your grandchildren. But without God, you understand? But without God, there's none of that. It's what God has put together when it comes to your marriage. It's God pressing the, 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 the fruit of your womb. Somebody say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Be thankful. Acknowledge where the blessing comes from and then give thanks to the one who blessed you. It's a simple message. It's not a heavy remedy. But it's a necessity. It's one of those places where all of us have to get back to what is the true heart of worship. And it's all about Jesus. Would you mind bowing your head? Because I'm asking you, do you hear the knock on the door? The woman in Bougia City heard the knock on the door, and the first thing she wanted to do was ignore it. I truly believe this morning God is knocking on a door. And I believe he's knocking on the doors of your heart. And I believe that he's wanting you to answer. You may be watching this. You may be sitting here present with me, but God's knocking You may be simply looking like the woman and saying, is the latch on my screen door and you are preventing and have allowed yourself for a long time to be afraid to take that step this morning I'm telling you take that step open your heart and let Jesus come in to your life the peace it will flood your soul. The joy will begin to just flood your soul when you let Jesus come in. The burden that's been on you will become so light because Jesus says, my yoke is easy and the burden's light. Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. please. Come into my heart. Like the lepers, I have been at a distance. But Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming because you are calling me to come near. Your word says, if I draw near to you, you would draw near to me. And Jesus, I want you and I need you and I invite you to come into my heart 
to come into my life to save me, to help me from this day forward. And I receive you. And I thank you. And every day I will get up when you allow me. And I will give thanks unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I can truly say to, the, to each of you, I do want you to have a happy Thanksgiving. But I can truly say to you, you are happy when you're in Jesus. You are truly happy when you're in Jesus. What the world gives what the so-called festivities will bring will be momentarily. But what Jesus gives is eternal. It's eternal. Stand to your feet and we're going to give the benediction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we stretch our hands to you. There is no other help that we know. If we were to withdraw ourselves from you, God, where would we go? Wherever we would try to hide, you're there. Your word says, as low as we may ever go, you will still be there. As high as we may ever climb, you will still be there. You are surrounding us with your favor like a shield, and we are thankful. We are blessed when we come in. We are blessed when we go out. We are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field. We have been blessed in this year of 2021. We will continue to be blessed. And Lord, we pledge to you that we will be a blessing. Your blessings have come upon us. They have overtaken us. Goodness and mercy is following us. And you have designed it so that it would follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell. We shall dwell in your presence forever. Father, I thank you for those who may be traveling this holiday for those who may be traveling toward some of us as family and friends. I pray for safety. I pray for protection from corona or any other type of viral disease. I know that perhaps more family members will gather than in the past two Thanksgiving seasons. But God, thank you for preserving and protecting and surrounding them with your favor like a shield so that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go and be a blessing and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.com. Dot .org